is the Southeasterner Podcast. All right, welcome to the show. I am Charlie Burris. Thank you so much for joining me. For listening, for downloading on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. However, you might have found this show. This is the Southeasterner Podcast, the best podcast about SEC sports on the internet, probably. I don't know. I might be biased in that opinion. Some people think it's the worst podcast about SEC sports on the internet, but there's not a whole lot to choose from on that front. But anyway, this episode talked to Doc Harper of Arkansas Fight. This was a fun conversation previewing the Arkansas Razorbacks, the Arkansas Razorbacks. Of course, staring down a pivotal year in, in Brett Bielema's tenure with that team. Uh, it's going to be interesting, and I think this was really eye-opening because I, I haven't looked really deeply into Arkansas's whole whole deal this season. So this was great stuff, and uh, of course we talked. You knew a conversation about Arkansas would lead to talk about the offensive line, of course. I And if you know me at any length, I hate, I hate talking about offensive lines it's the most boring part of football bar none why would I care about offensive line that they are absolutely integral to the game but they are the most boring part of the game of football (laughs) so again it was all with Doc Harper from Arkansas Fight if you don't know him he is at Doc D-O-C underscore Harper on Twitter I am at Charlie underscore Burris on Twitter and this show is at the SE pod and again SoundCloud Stitcher iTunes is where you can find the show you're listening to it you know where to get it Come on, leave a review, rate, subscribe, do everything that you need to do to get the max enjoyment out of this podcast, because if, if I'm anything, uh, I just want you guys to be happy. That's it. And, and I want you to give me money at some point. I, you know, I got to feed uh, my kids. Don't tell anybody, but I don't have kids. <laughs> okay. Anyway, here's my conversation with Doc Harper. More previews coming. Got it. Georgia preview with a special guest coming up on Monday and more previews coming. We're going to go through all 14 teams before the season starts. We're a month away. Oh, we're a month away. Football's so close, you can taste it. little prologue after, and, and I'll tell you about the, the music that's on the show today and, and all of that stuff and administrative things, and we'll wrap it up. So we'll talk to you then, and here is my conversation with Doc Harper of Arkansas Fight. Hope you enjoy it. I'm now joined by Doc Harper. He is the managing editor of Arkansas Fight, which is SB Nation's blog that covers the Arkansas Razorback, Arkansas Razorback, Arkansas Razorbacks, uh, plural. <laughs> um, but he's a cool guy. I've talked to him before. Doc, good to talk to you again. Hey, Charlie. How you doing? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem. Uh, just going to preview Arkansas here, and I like to start really generally on these things. So just what is the season looking like from kind of a thousand-foot view uh, for Brett Bielema and the Hogs? Well, it's a big question mark kind of season. Um, you know, it's there's a lot of new faces on the offense, particularly at quarterback and uh, at running back and on the offensive line. Our, our receivers and tight ends where Arkansas fans are familiar with and are pretty confident in, but you know, last year uh, we had Brandon Allen, who ended up throwing for 3,000 yards. He graduated. Um, both of our running backs, Alex Collins and Jonathan Williams, went to the NFL. Um, now, Arkansas does have, you know, some 
highly recruited players coming in to help fill those positions, but we, there's still kind of question marks as far as we still haven't seen them on the field very significantly. Um, Austin Allen is Brandon's little brother is going to be the starting quarterback, but um, he has played a little bit in mop-up duty over the last couple of years, but uh, it, honestly, it wasn't particularly impressive on the field. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't anything to write home about. But you know how it is sometimes when you find out you're the starter or the team is on your shoulders and you, know, you start you know, doing everything a little bit extra hard. Um, he's been, he was pretty, it looked pretty good in the spring, I thought, but you know, it's spring, he's wearing a green jersey and you know, it's, it's always going to be different when you're in the real game situation. So, um, so it's just a question mark, man. I mean, if, if they're, if they're good, if they're fine, then I think Arkansas can be pretty good because everybody's coming back on the defense pretty much except for like one safety. So, you know, even though the defense in certain situations last year wasn't very good, they are coming back. They are going to have more experience. And so that'll, there's no doubt in my mind that they'll be better. We don't know how much better, but I, I'm pretty sure that they'll be better at least to, to, on some level and hopefully at, at the very least be respectable in pass defense. They were okay in run defense last year, but they weren't very good in pass defense. So, you know, if if all those question marks come out positively, then Arkansas can be pretty good. And, you know, there's, there's reason to think that they will. Well, and on Austin Allen, you said he hasn't been that impressive in the past. I mean, you could say the exact same thing about Brandon in his early year, I guess right. the, the first year that he played, he really didn't uh, – I did – Arkansas missed a bowl game in that that first Brett Bielema's first year, right? Am I? I'm thinking correctly yeah, there. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. yeah, and so like he wasn't that impressive that year, and then he came back last year and was you know throwing all over the field, arguably the second best quarterback in the SEC. Uh, well, it's probably Dak Prescott, right? But either way, um, you know, was impressive nonetheless. So maybe you get that out of Austin Allen. Is he he is for sure the starter? Unless he gets hurt, yeah. I don't, I don't see any way that he's not the starter. You know, Brett Bielema, I think uh, he puts a lot of emphasis on experience, maybe even to a fault. And it, I don't see any way that any of the backups are going to take that spot from him. And what what exactly is the running back situation? You touched on it a little bit, but Alex Collins, who was a great running back last year, he is gone, and it's – that really is an unknown. Who, who do you, in your right. view, is going to well, step into that position? Well, they have a few players. Uh, we do have a six-year senior in Cody Walker, who has been really injury-prone throughout his career at Arkansas. But he's, he's a big guy. He's not a, a burner. But he's really efficient and he's strong. He can pick up you know, those close-yard situations. and uh, he'll, he'll be up there. Um, and then you have Raleigh Williams, who... Uh, you might remember he played, had a pretty good game against Tennessee last year, I think. He was a true freshman last year and then um, suffered a really scary neck injury against Auburn and missed the oh, second yeah. half of the season. Yep. But but uh, he's back and healthy, and he's expected, um, I think, probably to be the main every-down type of back that we can expect this year. And Arkansas signed two four-star freshman running backs, uh, DeWall Whaley, who is the number one running back in Texas, is the hybrid of the two. Uh, so the coaches have a lot of high expectations from him, and also T.J. Hammonds from Little Rock, who's more of a scat back type of running back. 
Uh, could probably play in the slot a little bit, receiver, running back type. Um, so there's some new names there for sure, and uh, you know we're it's. I, I feel pretty confident about that group. Um, the offensive line is probably the group that I feel that has the most question marks attached to it, but. Um, the running backs, I'm pretty confident will be okay. Well, I was going to ask about that line because I believe Dan Skipper is still there. Uh, right. And he's, uh, I think he was all, all SEC team preseason at SEC Media Days. and But is that offensive line? Because that was really, I normally I am anti-talking about the offensive line because I don't want to put the people who listen <laughs> to this podcast to sleep. But... It is actually interesting because Brett Bielema has really made that like a signature position for him. That famously last year had the heaviest offensive line in football, even in the NFL. Yeah, God, uh, yeah. we heard that every freaking game. <laughs> of course. Uh, but what did they just lose a lot of pieces on the line, or, or what is the status of it? Yeah, they had two seniors last year, and then Denver Kirkland declared early for the draft and then was not drafted. Um, so if you ever heard, I know Beal has made a point a couple of times this summer about undrafted players being able to come back to school. That's the uh, player he's really referring to. Um, so Arkansas has three open spots. Um, Dan Skipper and Frank Ragnow are the two returners. Skipper is almost definitely going to be a tackle on one end. And if Frank Ragnow could be the center, he could also be the guard. Um, it, the, the coaches have really, you know, messed around with moving players in different spots throughout the spring. Um, and I don't think if you ask them, they could tell you for sure who, who's going to line up where by the time they kick off in, on Labor Day. Um, but they've got a few options. we got a, a graduate transfer from Texas and Jake Rollerson, who is expected to be Texas' starting center this year. Uh, so Arkansas will be able to put him somewhere probably. Um, Brian Wallace was a really highly touted recruit a few years ago who signed with Arkansas and hasn't really played much, but he's you know, been behind these other guys. And he'll have an opportunity this year probably at the other guard spot. Um, and then at tackle, a uh, new name on that, Colton Jackson, uh, Yelta Froholt, who was actually signed and recruited as a defensive, defensive tackle, then moved to the offensive line. And uh, people are really optimistic about him. So. Um, there's some options out there. We're just not really sure how they're all going to fit. But, you know, Arkansas goes down to Fort Worth and plays TCU in week two. So we're hoping that they figure it out pretty quickly and um, are, are able to put something together. Well, looking at that schedule, it's it's a really interesting schedule. And I think it sets up perfectly for in Arkansas favor. You do have to go to MG Carter and play in Fort Worth against TCU, which is a very cool game, I'll say. I, I love that matchup. I love that Arkansas, you know, is, isn't going light on the non-con. Uh, but then you yeah. play Alabama's in Fayetteville. Ole Miss is in Fayetteville. LSU's in Fayetteville. Florida's in Fayetteville. <laughs> All of these, the biggest games you're playing at home. Is there any right. stretch in particular? And, and I mean, obviously, I think I, I know, looking at it, I think I know what your answer to this question will be. But any stretch in particular that is really important that's going to turn the tide of the season? Uh, the whole month of October, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, whenever, well, I think the A and M game is the last weekend of September, but um, after that, they've got Alcorn State and Little Rock, which you can forget about that. But between A and M and Auburn, um, I think. I mean, there's really two vital stretches around the bye week. 
Um, you got A&M and Alabama and Ole Miss and Auburn at the end of September through October. And then and once November turns around, then you get Florida and LSU at home before you go on the road to finish the season. And, uh, I mean, obviously, I'm, I mean, that's a huge chunk of the season. But it's really, I think that's going to determine, you know, how many of those road games can Arkansas win. We don't even know that they're going to be favored in any of them, you know. Yep. So it's. I think the first thing they got to do really is just get over the hump in that A and M game. The last two years they had A and M on the ropes um, and completely blew it at the end. And I think that's the game Arkansas really needs to get over the hump and, and finally, you know, put A and M down at the end of it and not let them up. And that'll really get give them some positive momentum heading into the Alabama game. And Arkansas played Alabama really well the last two years. Yeah. Um, argu- arguably should have won two years ago. Uh, last year, you can't say they should have won, but they did have the lead late in the third quarter, early in the fourth quarter, something like that. And then uh, they pulled away a little bit at the end, but Arkansas did play them very well. And, yeah, there's no reason to think that they can't continue to do that. I think Arkansas's defense, the strengths of Arkansas's defense, match up really well with what Alabama typically likes to do. So. Um, we'll see if they can just get over those humps. If they can, then it can be a really great season. If not, you know, they're probably looking at close to more of the same. That kind of, you know, barely bowl eligible, lower tier bowl type of thing. So, well, how, you know, how are the fans feeling about Brett Bielema at this point? Because obviously he, he's become kind of a media darling. I was at SEC Media Days, and he's a joy to hear speak because he, he's not your cookie-cutter quote a guy yeah. you're you know you're butch jones somebody like that who's just spouts off cliches he he really actually you know speaks from the heart and that makes him lovable to the media but to the the regular day-to-day arkansas fan what is their perception to him he i mean obviously i wouldn't think that he's like on the hot seat or anything but i feel like this season is pretty pivotal pivotal for him uh he is really popular here right now Honestly, um, he came in with, with that huge mess, you know, after Petrino and John L. Smith and had a rough first year. Didn't even win a single SEC game. But, I mean, in, in 2014, they started turning it around. And the three games they won, the big games were Ole Miss, LSU, and Texas. And if you're an Arkansas fan, I mean, those are the three games you'd love to win every year. Yeah. Not that they play Texas every year, but you know that's you know the old school Southwest Conference rivalry for Arkansas, and so there's a lot of people here who's just like, well, you beat you beat Texas, you're king, <laughs> and that's really so. And it was all at the end of the year; it was all in November and in the bowl game. Uh, and the same thing happened last year, even though Arkansas lost to Toledo and then the A and M and Texas Tech. That was all in September, and so you know they won five of their last six games in the second half of the year, and their only loss was a one- or two-point loss to Mississippi State. And, I, and so, I mean, I really forget about that. I completely, it slipped my mind, they lost to Toledo at the first last season, and I yeah, yeah I remember being like, wow, Brett Bielma might be done. <laughs> like well, after, Yeah, and, and the fans were really upset after that, especially after that A&M game, that that week after the A&M game before they went to Knoxville last year, I mean, it, it was not a pleasant atmosphere to be around over here. Yeah, I, I remember uh, specifically before that game because Tennessee had lost to Florida and Oklahoma 
uh, in just horrific ways. Uh, And we were having the same exact conversation about Butch Jones. And then, you know, basically the the rhetoric was Butch Jones is done if they lose this game. And then it was also like Brett Bielema is probably done if Tennessee wins this game. And it's so strange because, I mean, obviously Butch Jones has, he's a darling right now and people love him and the hype around this season is ridiculous. Tennessee's probably going to be like preseason top 10, but that I, it's so crazy that we came from that point. I had completely forgotten (laughs) about that. Uh, And that, that had happened. Arkansas ended up winning five SEC games last year, and typically that should result in like a ten or so win season, yeah. a nine or ten win season. But because they screwed up in a non-conference in September, it, it doesn't look like that. But you know, when I always say it's not how many games you win, it's which games you win. And when you finish the season beating Auburn, beating Ole Miss, beating LSU, beating Missouri, uh, winning three SEC games on the road like Arkansas did last year. Um, and then winning the bowl game, people love him right now. He's great. And so, you know, I, I think the same kind of thing can happen any season. If, if Arkansas finishes strong, then, you know, people will be happy with Bielema. But I do think eventually, you know, you get tired of the seven or six or seven-ish win season. You want to see a little bit more than that. And I think Arkansas, that's why the game against um, A&M in particular, which is a neutral side game in Dallas, uh, that, that's a really key game for Bielema this year, I think. Where does the the ridiculous overtime win against Ole Miss, where does that rank in terms of like the greatest <laughs> games ever for Arkansas? Because, I mean, even just an outside observer, that was by far my favorite game of, of last season. I mean, it was so ridiculous on every single level. And just a great, <laughs> an entertaining game. Just both teams played right. incredibly well. Brandon Allen, Chad Kelly had the games of their lives. And then it went the right. ridiculous overtime and all of that. I mean, where does that rank with Arkansas fans all time? Uh, <laughs> probably depends how old you are. <laughs> if uh, you're pretty young, you, you might say it's number one. Uh, SB Nation ranked it the number one game of the year last year. Um, there's just so many big plays, you know. I mean, I remember watching that game and it was like, the defense basically didn't exist. And I typically don't enjoy watching games where it just depends on who has the ball last. But yeah. um, but it was still just such an entertaining game to watch. And there was so much drama because, you know, at the very end, Hugh Freeze goes for it on fourth down really stupidly and and, fake and misses it. And Arkansas hits one big pass and sets up a potential game-winning field goal in regulation, but Ole Miss blocks it. And that forces overtime. And then we all know what happened in overtime with the Hunter Henry Eve play and the face mask and, you know, Arkansas ended up winning on a two-point conversion. So it's, uh, it was an all-timer for sure. Um, as far as a complete game from start to finish, like from the first quarter on, like it's got to be up there. I mean, there have been some great Razorback moments, you know, as far as like winning games at the end on a miracle play or whatever. But, from to see a game just from start to finish, back and forth, and that many big dramatic plays and swings is—I've never watched an Arkansas game like that. So it's definitely in that top level of games for sure. Well, that's awesome. I—I I just love seeing that. That's the epitome of why I love sports. Like that game wrapped it all into one. Just it's the last great drama, and and that it was so <laughs> perfect last year. But uh, I digress. 
Ark, uh, just a couple more. Arkansas is such a strange team to me because they play really an antiquated offense. I mean, that, that's compared to, you know, your Oregons and all of those guys running this crazy quick spread offense. Brett Bielema's like, no, I'm, I'm just going to pound it down your throat. And, and then it, it works sometimes, sometimes it doesn't. It's really interesting, but it just seems like it's been inconsistent with them because, you know, you yeah. had uh, that old Miss game, but then just a couple weeks later lose to Mississippi State. But, of course, that Arkansas played very well in that game also, and it, it just came down to Mississippi State blocking a field goal, and it was crazy. But, you know, it, it seems to work one week and not the next. Like, what do you think this team needs to do to maybe be more consistent? Um, I think the offensive line needs to gel earlier. I think that was a big problem at the beginning of last season. If you go back and watch that uh, Toledo game and even a Texas Tech game, Arkansas wasn't able to run the ball very well. Uh, Brandon Allen threw for 400-something yards against Toledo. It, that's typically not what B. Lima likes to do. Um, you know, the, Alex Collins ended up rushing for over 1,500 yards. He had a great season, and the, the SEC wasn't filled up with Derrick Henry and Leonard Fournette last year. He, he would have probably gotten a lot more accolades for it on a, a conference-wide scale. But um, I think the offensive line needs to gel a little bit earlier to be able to perform well against TCU and Texas A&M um, and really get give Arkansas, let them be able to have full, full control of the offense earlier on. Um, Dan Enos, you know, you're talking about Arkansas' reputation, and they do have that reputation as well-deserved. We're big on fullbacks and tight ends over here. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, Brandon Allen threw for over 3,000 yards last year, and it wasn't because of a whole bunch of big plays. Um, Dan Enos, our offensive coordinator, uh, really did a great job of mixing it up last year and uh, I think keeping defenses off their feet. And If he can continue doing that, uh, Kirby Smart wanted him to go with him to Georgia, but he has a no-conference or whatever in his contract, so they couldn't do it. So he's still here at Arkansas, and uh, we're really glad to have him. Because last year I thought he was really impressive after a little bit of a rocky start. But, yeah, he was really, really doing a good job last year, and Arkansas fans are really excited to see him continuing in that direction. Arkansas had really bad luck with changing over offensive coordinators, like, you know, ever since the very end of the Houston Nut era. Um <laughs> We've had, never had one, I think, for more than two years. It's like the defense against the dark arts position. So it's uh, we're hoping, you know, with a new quarterback having the same offensive coordinator here that we had last year, we'll, we'll pay some dividends. And um, the same with the offensive line and and with the running backs. Uh, well, okay, so now it'll just be a couple of questions left, I just thought. Uh, <laughs> That's cool. What, and I, I've been asking this to everybody when I do these previews, and I just, just remembered, I'm glad I did. And there doesn't necessarily have to be an answer to this, but there usually is. What What is being talked about in Fayetteville that is not getting exposure on a larger scale, you know, regionally in the SEC that people are talking about that maybe, uh, you know, is a story around this team? Um, I, I think the receiver core, honestly. Um, <clears throat> you know, like you said, Arkansas, we just talked about this. Arkansas has that reputation for being a ground and pound team with, you know, the running backs and the offensive linemen and the big tight ends. But 
those receivers are pretty good. I mean, Drew Morgan uh, is a senior this year. He led the SEC in touchdowns last year and receiving touchdowns, at least in the SEC games. Uh, Kenyon Hatcher, who was expected to be Arkansas's best senior tight end last or receiver last year, uh, went down with an injury in week two in that Toledo game and missed the whole year, but he was back and healthy. So we're expecting big things from him. Dominique Reed um, is 6'3 and maybe one of the fastest guys on the team uh, who scored that uh, touchdown that to really turned the game around in Knoxville last year. Uh, did a made a play against LSU that made their defensive backs look slow. Uh, he's really good. Um, Mr. Jerry Cornelius is doubles as our punt returner. He's uh, another one of those. He's not as big as the other guys, but he's pretty quick and uh, he can make some plays happen. So, you know, Arkansas fans are really you know excited about their receivers, and if the offensive line doesn't gel as quickly as we could, as we hope, um, I think you know we wouldn't be surprised at all if Arkansas has a pretty pass happy offense at least at the beginning of the season. Yeah, that is really so, interesting. Uh, Jeremy Sprinkle, who's played as tight end last year, took, is now the leader at that position since Hunter Henry went to the NFL. And he's a great receiving tight end. He's open in the flat on basically every play. Um, so between the receivers and Sprinkle, I mean, I, I don't see if Austin Allen's up is, you know, accurate enough getting them the ball. I think Arkansas can have a pretty explosive passing offense at the, at the beginning of the year. That is, I mean, that is interesting because you just think of Brett Bielema's teams as being like power eye, but uh, there you go. Yeah, so, I mean, there were three, three senior receivers and a junior, well, and they were all pretty good last year, so it's reason for excitement there. Well, just the last question here, and some some people don't like to do this, but if, if you want to, <laughs> absolutely. Just your prediction for the season. I'm not going to hold you to it. Uh, you know, this is no, we're not betting on anything. There's no money on it. But what's your prediction for Arkansas's season? I guess just record and, and what you think is going to happen. Um, some of the games for Arkansas set up really well. Some of them don't. Um, I think the Ole Miss and Auburn games set up really badly for Arkansas this year. Uh, I think Florida and LSU set up really well. I'll I'll say nine and three. Okay. That is simple enough. No no more expounding. That's okay. Um, <laughs> Doc Harper, Arkansas fight. This was really good stuff because I I really hadn't looked much into Arkansas, so this was very informative. Uh, and so yeah, thanks. Well, I mean, we don't play each other this year, so. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. I don't I don't I need... haven't looked that much into. I mean, I know everybody. The story on Tennessee is everybody's coming back, and that's. A big part of why the hype is so strong. So eighteen starters. You know, yeah. But beyond that, I really don't know much beyond what I remember from watching y'all last year. So yeah, my my whole theory of the season is I'll believe it when I see it. That's <laughs> I I, <laughs> I want to see them beat Florida. You know, and it, I mean it's kind of like with Arkansas too. They they have won uh, big games now, but it's just I I'll I'll believe they can get over that hump when I see it. And and I think I think Brett Bielema is the guy to do that, but. We'll see, you know, it's, the test is coming in week two with TCU, so we'll find out right. who they are early in the season. Doc Harper, Arkansas Fight, this was awesome. We had a little bit of a timing debacle here, and I, I appreciate you uh, <laughs> giving me your time, man. All right, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. We'll know how my 
All right, that was my conversation with Doc Harper again. He is at DocDOC underscore Harper on Twitter, and he runs Arkansas Fight. Wasn't that? It was a good conversation. Classic. Talking about the offensive line and Burt. Fun stuff. Again, Georgia preview coming up on Monday with a special guest that I'm not going to announce yet. I know who it is, but you're going to find out. That's the fun of this whole process because it's my show. It's not your show. I get to do that stuff. Sorry. All right. That's the end of this episode. SoundClouds, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, rate, review, do whatever you need to. At Charlie underscore Burris, at the SE pod, follow, comment, I don't know. Do what you need to. But I hope you enjoyed that. As far as the music goes, this song that's playing under uh, what I'm saying right now, it's Sweet Amarillo by Old Crow Medicine Show. If you don't know Old Crow Medicine Show, you don't need to be living in the South. I think that's a given. And you also might not like old-time string band music. Whatever, it's a personal preference, but that's what this song is. And if you want uh, to find all the music that is on this show, it is the Southeastern Podcast Playlist on Spotify. And you'll find it all there. And that's where this song will be. So I think that's all the administrative stuff i got to get out of the way this week. We will talk to you Monday. Peace.